Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. The Alchemy Lounge, the founder of the Stilling Company here in West Des Moines. And uh, we are right by the door, which is the chilliest place to be in, in the That's establishment. That's all right. We're in booth one. But it's so cozy in here. I like it. Just, uh, you know, just a beautiful place to be They're having a on nice, a Thursday evening. They're having a nice group in tonight. So uh, if you ever need a group outing. It's a place to come. There it is. You'll get to, uh, they'll pour you a few different things to taste before you decide what it is you want to have. And it'll be a lot of fun. When you buy uh, your own bottle, you get another bottle. Is that right? No. No. <laughs> Tonight only if you get here between. Uh, but I know they do, they do whiskey tastings, though, so you can really try it out. And, of course, uh, we've got some people over here that are taking a look at their – they're going to taste their barrel. Right? I think they that's their right. Barrel, so that's what they're doing here tonight. So that's kind of cool. You can do your own barrel uh, with you and your friends or you and your business. And uh, it's one of the things Findry Distilling Company does here in Iowa. Uh, moving on to the Iowa Hawkeyes, which is what this show is about. And um, – We've got, we, we could look talk at, about Look drinking. at the scribbles my my notepad became as I did today. My thoughts running in a stream. So let's let's review the last seven days real quickly. Wait, 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 wait. Let us all be thankful that you do not blog. Yes. I used to, and it was not successful, and here's why. So um, lose... They lost 89-85 to Ohio State, number seven Ohio State. It should be noted that during at halftime when our show went off, we, we were, were ahead. Up, we were ahead. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Iowa had a 10-point uh, lead in, or 11-point lead in the second half of that game and lost it. At Indiana the other day, 67-65 on national television. Uh, Iowa had a 10-point lead in the second half and lost it and lost, of course, on the last second shot. And then last night they took care of number 25 Rutgers. Number 20, I mean... In years past, being a number 25 team was a good deal, right? It was a big deal, right? 79-66, it's kind of an oh, that's a game we should have won thing last last night. 79-66, they currently sit at 14-6, and 8-5 and five in the Big Ten. We've got a big one at uh, Michigan State on Saturday, 1-30. And then uh, next Thursday night, unfortunately, again, you and I will have to try to watch a game. While we are on the air doing this show, Wisconsin, 6 o'clock at Wisconsin. Those are the next couple of games. And we'll see where they stick in Nebraska because I cannot believe the Big Ten is going to give up on giving Iowa a Nebraska shot. Iowa currently sitting at number 15 in the AP poll, number 8 in the net, number 5 in Ken Palm and Sagarin. Okay, so the computers like Iowa more than the than the voters, right? Recent, cu- recent bias is an interesting thing when it comes to voting. It, it is. Here's a number that, that jumps out at me and jumps off the page. Remember the old RPI? Sure. Take a shot. 20. Keep going. Higher? Way higher. 42? 58. You're kidding. Iowa is a bubble team according to the old ratings percentage index, which we used... It was the dumbest thing to ever use for any possible reason ever. It That's was ridiculous. it was an awful algorithm that made no sense because it gave it it gave you credit for beating teams by forty points, right? And it also gave like so Iowa State, Iowa State right now hurts Iowa a little bit because they're a quad three team, right? But Iowa State would hurt Iowa way worse. 
because they're a bad team, so they would have uh, Iowa would have would have lost way more points for beating them and not playing a good a middle of the road Kentucky team, right? I mean, the RPI was just dumb. So fifty eight is where they would have been. Well, they don't. We're not use there that anymore. They We're not there anymore. They don't use that anymore, no. Brett. But so much like you and I don't use our ex wives anymore. Not at all. Didn't it, see? We found very, a way to move sub- on. We we have found a better algorithm. Be- better algorithm. Be- exactly. Algorithm. Better way to move on. Um, now, uh, so Saturday is the first that the NCAA committee will come out with their top sixteen. This is something that they've done the last right, couple of right. years. I personally hate it that they do this, but they're going to do it. Uh, Why do you hate it? I just think it's dumb for them to come out this early with. <laughs> projections it's of something. not this early do you want to know why i saw today on the twitter as perhaps you've been on this uh the mo valley tournament starts three weeks from today okay my point is are are we already deciding it's kind of like the, the college the college well, you football gotta post. you gotta start sometime well, start wait till the games have been played i mean they're already coloring where they're going to seed people you think that that there's going to be a tremendous amount of movement from here, unless a bunch of teams lose a bunch? Yes. This is no. This is this is. If you look, and at, it's good because Iowa's going to come in at a three or a four, and wherever they are, that's about where they're going to end up. Regardless of how, if they go two and five, they'll probably drop. If they go five and two, they might move up. If they go four and three, they're going to stay on that three and four line. That's about right. And, but 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 that's what's going to happen. There, it's been it's being decided this week. About where your, Iowa will go. Your fatalism is just insane. If Iowa, uh, let's say they go five and two, and then uh, win three games in the Big Ten tournament or two, losing the finals, you don't think they're going up to the two line? You think there's no chance to, for Iowa to get to the two when they're eight in the net? Listen, Johnny Sunshine. Hey, when let me just tell you right now. If Iowa does what you just described, yes, they'll move up. Of course they will. <laughs> good luck with that. So you're saying our basketball team's no good anymore? No, I'm saying no, no good is a different thing. That's a different thing. Right now I don't have a lot of confidence that this team is going to be an 8-2 and two team down the stretch. Okay, It's a little early for our foundry distilling last call. Right, right. However, uh, we'll, get in, we'll, we'll get into the remainder of the schedule. I, I, Jesus, Marty, you want WNL, the Cubs, too? We could do that. God, they're, they're going to trade Chris Bryant. What the hell? Anyway, oh, geez, I dropped another one, right? That one doesn't that count. That doesn't count. Um, so a couple things, obviously, that have stuck out. First of all, last night, wonderful to see, uh, and, and over the last eight games, really, Wieskamp's, uh Joe Wieskamp has averaged 17 points over the last eight games. What did he average? 26 in the first half? last night. Yes, he had. He's had some bigger first halves, right? But he had a couple last night where he was finally saying, "You know what? I'm just gonna, I'm going to rise. I'm going to rise up and shoot here too." I'm, in the second, I'm half. Joe yes. Joe Wieskamp. I play for Muscatine, and I'm going to go and channel that guy. Right. He's 29 of 44 from the three point line in the last eight games. That's pretty good. That's way good. He's. He's carrying what's what whatever is happening with his team right now. He's carrying them, right? Because in the guard court, it's not happening in some other spots. He's carrying. Terrific last night, and and obviously, like you say, you you mentioned there there was a heat check in there, and he was hot, right? And, and he got fouled. It, it 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 it's great to see, um, because at some point in time, you want him to live up to this. Is kind of let's admit, this is kind of what we expected him to be. 
when he was a freshman, and well, we thought, oh, well, he'll only get better, and you, you right. thought he would be this good, right? Here, here's the deal, is that you and I never really got to see him play in high school except for the state basketball tournament. Right. And so we never saw him go for 52 against Clinton or, or any of those kinds of games where he just completely took over. He had glimpses, and, he, and the interesting thing, even this year, he has halves. First half against Indiana, what Great. do you have, 12, 16, four, 16, 16, and he ended up with nothing after that. 16. Right. Uh, I mean, I think the Illinois game, he was great in the first half. Didn't have hardly anything in the second half. Whereas Luca has been uh, struggled in the first half and has brought it on and brought it home. Well, as the other team guy, as the other team's big guys get fouls and they can't foul foul the crap out of him all the time, they have to let him shoot a little bit. You, you Suddenly he can score, right? I mean, they're banging, they're they're beating the absolute living snot out of him, right? And and when they do that, they're getting called. Uh oh, sorry. Uh, there we go. We're in good shape. So David and I. My friend, over 17 years, we have had... We've been friends longer than that. Well, I know, but over 17 years of doing this show, yeah. we've had a number of issues, right? This is the first time the equipment just died on us and, like, died. Like, it literally made, like, a sparks and, like, shocked you and it lit up and then shocked and then died. So we're on cell phones. It's not going to sound great the rest of the show, but guess what? We still get to talk, and that's what everybody really wants to hear, right? Kind of. Dozens. Uh, dozens of people want to hear what we have to say. So we're back. Uh, talking Hawkeye basketball, I don't even remember where exactly we were. I will say this about last night's win. Two things were different, okay? Aside from the fact that uh, Joe Wieskamp went off, Iowa out-rebounded Rutgers 42-31. to They've had a tough time. This is a good rebounding basketball team. They've looked terrible the last four or five games rebounding. They're standing around, watching loose balls. Sunday was maybe the worst. I thought maybe the Michigan State game, but then Sunday was terrible as well. And um, they, they rebounded last night very well, 42-31. They rebounded the ball. And then on top of that, you got C.J. Frederick coming back into the lineup. And whether you think that scoring is the most important thing or not, I think it's a matter of a, a couple things. Yes, he can shoot the basketball, but they have to cover him. And he is a terrific assist man as well. Well, here's the deal. Not only do they have to cover him, so that opens up lanes for passing. But on the other side of this coin, CJ provides a better defensive presence Absolutely. Out, out there. And so, you know, the, part of the reason Rutgers couldn't rebound last night is their big dudes were in foul trouble from the get-go. And one thing I would disagree with Robbie Hummel on is that he thought that the first call was horrible, and I'm going to tell you it wasn't. You foul a guy, and they're going to call a foul on one of you. Okay, Luca's the All-American. Historic or not, jumped on the line. He's, he's, and they're both kind of pushing off at each other. Why would you? Why would you call that on Luca in that case? Right? Exactly. Looks like the guy pulled him down. I agree. You know, so I thought Iowa got some good calls last night versus some of the. I mean, officiating on Sunday was abysmal. Right. The, the, well, I'm the, sure the that you would say well, that. Well, the, the technical foul on Fran. Oh, I knew he was going to get it. Evaluate that with you knowing him. So, no, are you what kidding me? He, he literally said, are, are you kidding me? There was no swearing. There was no profanity. There was no wrath of Fran. It was a very innocuous technical Brett, foul. It was Boborowski. But that doesn't mean you get a four-point swing in a game, but you lose by two. It just, 
it, it was ridiculous. And uh, but either way, I thought last night Iowa got some of the ticky tack calls, and it really helps when Luca Garza is not able to is able to move around a little bit because they're getting some fouls called. It's a big deal, right? Yeah, there's no question it's a big deal. But at the end of the day, the Hawks have got to figure out how to play through this. And this is, and I, I, the hardest part about the Big Ten is understanding that the physical nature of the league, the officiating, the way games are officiated in the league, is going to be different in the NCAA basketball tournament, maybe up until you get to the Sweet 16 slash Elite Eight, if Iowa were able to get there. Because in the NCAA basketball tournament, they don't let them play as physical. Uh, it's, It's why the Big Ten teams... Year after year, Big Ten teams that are highly rated go into the NCAA tournament and they lose early. Yeah, because right? they get fouls you know called what? on them. Suddenly, suddenly these hand checks and the holding and the beating on people like Illinois does, it's called, right? Well, in, it's suddenly it's a somehow Michigan State figured out a way to get past that not, over the, not over the years. How many, they are upset in the first or second round lots. They make it through sometimes, but they are, as a, as a top seed, they are uh, – they're not one of the teams I ever bet on to go to the Final Four because they are the ones that are committing. Tom Izzo is the tackle specialist, right? They tackle guys. They hold guys. The, guy, the team you bet on to go to the Final Four is Michigan because that's not how they play. Now, we'll see it with, the, you know. Uh, you know, here's the interesting thing. John Beeline used to play a different kind of game, and, and they could get through the tournament because they were getting fouls called for them. The other way around. You bring up an interesting point with Michigan because they haven't played in three weeks. They're going to come back eventually. Yeah, don't count on them as the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament, by the way. They're playing 11 games in 21 days. If they get through there. Look at the, look at the way Nebraska has looked no coming back from COVID. Yeah. I realize Nebraska is maybe not the greatest right. example. I agree. But even look at the way Drake came back in the first half uh, against Southwest Missouri, Missouri State now. Uh, after COVID, they were just completely out of sorts. And I think Michigan's going to have a hard time coming back and being the team that they were prior to this with, coming in. With that many games and that many days, I agree. I think it's going to be difficult on that. Well, you're playing every I, other day. I, I, actually, I think the team you're looking up at right now is the team you should have beaten the last Thursday night. Ohio State. Yeah. Michigan's got, Michigan's got talent. They're good. They've played the easiest Big Ten schedule so far. And now they're going to play this 11 and 21 days. It'll be really interesting. I agree. I, I think you're going to see them come back to the pack. Um, it's Iowa's only hope to make it into that top four, really, and, and get that double bye in the Big Ten tournament. Well, the biggest game, it, frankly, is going to be the game against Wisconsin. I think it's the only time uh, we play them. No, they play them double. They oh, play we them play them the last game of the yeah, year. You need to sweep them. You really you need to get one, if not sweep them. That would help. And you got to uh, beat Michigan when you play I'm them. Not sure, where Purdue and that. Purdue and Minnesota are. Purdue was leading uh, Minnesota um, yeah, by two last night. Uh, last night, I saw. Um, that's a team coming up Iowa's uh, backside on this right now, as Iowa sitting currently kind of in the five seed with five losses. But the way the Big Ten's apparently going to do this is by winning percentage, and so because they're not going to have an even number of games, and so that could really hurt uh, a number of teams as well. Iowa having gotten all their games in, with the exception of Nebraska, hopefully they get that one in. But Iowa having get, gotten all those in, and maybe Michigan or a team like uh, Purdue not having gotten all their games in, they're going to be in an advantage like Ohio State was in football, which is really dumb by the way. How is Purdue, Purdue's missed games? Did, did they have a COVID, they they didn't have a COVID issue? 
they have uh, they've got five games left on their schedule, but they're they have the same record as Iowa. That doesn't make sense. They missed a couple of games somewhere in there. They're going to have to replace a couple of games. I think they have. So and it might be Michigan. It might you know, but uh, you know there there might be some tough ones in there. But they have. Um, let's go back real quick. I want I, I want to examine a little bit about. So Iowa has had a, a double digit lead in all of these games. Their last four. And what what is the common theme of what has happened when they got those double digit leads? Uh, they start chucking up threes and they quit playing defense. Okay, so it's yes, and and here's this. Here's the stat on that. So, against Ohio State, you get an 11-point lead. They shot four straight threes and missed all of them. Ohio State made three and made all. Like, and four straight. your 11-point lead is gone. Never tried once to go down low. And they were early in the shot clock. Indiana, 10-point lead early in the second half. Five straight three-point shots. All misses. Five. What do they do? Not once trying to go down low to Luca. Last night, they got a 10-point lead early in the second half. They shot five straight, five straight. But they made three. Me too. They made two. But what are you doing? When you have a double-digit lead, you come down the court. I understand that these are open shots. I get it. You come down the court, you work the ball inside to your best player in the country, and you get yourself a two-foot shot. Or, Or, Or at minimum, give him a touch, work it inside out, and work a little bit of clock. Fran should be coming unglued and make it clear. I do not want, when we have a double-digit lead, I do not want you shooting a 25-foot three-point shot with 22 seconds left on the shot clock. And it's happened four straight games. The Michigan State game, it happened a bunch in there too, right? It's happening all the time. As soon as Iowa gets a lead, instead of trying to work the, the high percentage shot that keeps the lead, they try for the long-range dagger, and I get it. They think they can shoot. But Iowa's offense right now is largely this. We go down, we give Luca a touch. If he can't score, we take a three-pointer. It's changed from the beginning of the year. Nobody's cutting to the hoop. We can't maybe is maybe it. When you don't play Joe Toussaint, and they refuse to because he's a turnover machine, when you don't play him, he can't drive the hole for you. Keegan Murray, maybe. But you've got nobody going to the hole other than, and you're just taking three-pointers and Honestly, right now, this is what's killing this team offensively. Is this five? Is is this this five, four, five, six, three point shots in a row when you're not making them? Even though you got a big lead, it's just it's dumb. It's the stuff you call a timeout. Say don't do that for. It's the stuff that is it, it, it's it's aggravating to see them do it time and time. Well, and time. you know, there's no question that it is aggravating. But on the other side of the coin. How did they get those leads? Were they making threes or were they were they driving it down into Luca? I would make the case that in virtually every game it's been a combination there of both. And and certainly in the All first right, half. Well, the, how about we do two possessions at a three pointer and three down low? I mean, come on. We're talking about five straight possessions. I understand that. But right. these are kids that are sitting there some sometimes it's Joe last night who had a heat check. Sometimes it's, I mean, Jordan came down last night. I think it was in the second half. He dribbled down. He got over half court, took three dribbles and chucked one. And I thought, that maybe wasn't the best shot we could have got on that possession. Got felt it or whatever. They're basketball players. If they feel it, I think Fran has given them the liberty 
that if they feel it, they need to go with it. Now, to your point, though. Maybe he shouldn't. Well, okay. Maybe he should pull maybe the he maybe should he, coach. Maybe he needs to pull the reins in a little bit more. So to that end, and this is something I know you want to talk about, Connor McCaffrey has become an inefficient offensive liability more so than ever in the last five or six games. Fair to say? Yes. And I did a little research on this today. His last four games, Connor McCaffrey is more than a deficient than a deficient offensive player. He's he's a liability in terms of he brings nothing to the court right now. And I, I realize he had some some games last year where things worked out for him. But right now and, and it's 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 silly to look out there on Sunday afternoon. At the end of the Ohio State game, they're going offense defense, right? Remember right. they were doing that. Connor was on the court on the offensive side. That's that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Indiana, he's on at the end of the game. Last night, they took C.J. Frederick out to put Connor in in the last two minutes of the game. Let's look at Connor's stat lines for the last four games, okay? Brad's been working on this, I had to for, look at this. for weeks. It's his so new thesis. He goes 19 minutes, 27 minutes, 24 minutes, and last night he only played 12 minutes. He's averaging 22 minutes a game in the last four games. Right? There's a problem with Rutgers. He, he, he just can't play many minutes against Rutgers. Okay. He is currently, in his last four games, he's 3 of 14 from the field. He has scored eight points. He is uh, 0 for 1 from the, th- from the uh, free throw stripe during that time. He is shooting 38% from the free throw line. I'm not saying three-point line. Let me let that So what is that? Three for, three for eight? He's, he, yes, fine. They're the front ends of one-on-ones, whatever. He's three for eight or whatever. He's 38% from the free throw line in the Big Ten, okay? Oh, but he's the assistant turnover guy. No. The assistant no. turnover guy is C.J. Frederick, 10-1. Right. No, Connor is not. He has eight assists in these four games and four turnovers. So he's 2-1, to one, but only eight assists. Oh, well, he's a rebound guy. No, he's got seven rebounds in four games. He does have ten fouls. He brings you nothing. He's a terrible defensive player. Occasionally you need to foul at the end of the game. He brings you nothing. And why he has been on the court at the end of the game, Michigan State, he sat the last 14 minutes in Iowa, left Joe Toussaint, who is a liability also on the court, Iowa won the close game. Joe Toussaint was also a part of the defensive package. Absolutely. Why are you bringing Connor back on the court at all in the last five minutes of the game? Okay, so let's get off Connor for 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 a second. Let me get off Connor for a second. Okay. And let's go to the fact that against Ohio State, Fran decided he was going to stick with his veterans, and they were struggling. Even though the week, even though the game before that, he went the other direction. And then won. on the road Sunday, we decided to bring in all the freshmen. But he didn't even do that. He brought in some of the freshmen, but at the end of the game, he still had the veterans back out. There. But yeah, yeah, he was trying to. Perkins trying. didn't play. Last Thursday, right? He he played Perkins because he's from Indianapolis. He's Joe Joe apparently didn't play. Yeah. it was it was you know, really against strange. Ohio State, right? And you can you fouled out Luca. You basically fouled out your own All American player by not letting by him choice play the last twelve point minutes of the first half, right? And Iowa lost their double digit lead because of that, and it it really made uh, Fran is so you want to you want the examples of the Fran fade? I'm sorry. The fade comes from two things. One, team, teams get tired. Two, guys don't know their role, so they start getting confused. And three, 
you are making ridiculous okay, substitutions. Okay, I'm going to disagree with right you. Now. I know this is going to be shocking. Um, everybody in this team knows their role. Everybody knows their role. Joe Toussaint knows what his role is. Joe Toussaint might be the outlier in this regard. Everybody else knows their role. Everyone else knows what their role is. That's not the issue. The issue here is that Fran, it's much like Kirk in football where we always said, why don't we get some college kid who plays nothing but Madden and understands how to manage clock? You sit up in the booth and say, okay, you need to call a timeout now and, and is done, right, all, right, done right. all the math and that. I think that Fran goes so much with his gut in the middle of games instead of looking at it and having somebody on the bench, and I don't know who that person might be because we're now on the phones. We can't ask Tom this question. But who is the guy on the bench that can go to him and say, Hey, um, we can't guard anybody right now. Let's put in Tony and Joe, um, whatever. Take out Connor. Take out Patrick. Uh, leave Keegan in. Keegan Murray last night was an absolute game changer uh, when it came to rebounds, effort, tip balls, steals, blocks, shots made. He only made one bad play as far as I could tell the whole game, and that was when he took a three from the corner, shot dumped down to Luca for a dunk. Other than that, the guy played a spectacular game. And I know he trusts Jordan out there to make the right decision. Jordan can't guard this plan. And if Jordan was guarding me, he would eat me up. I'm a 55-year-old man. Okay? <laughs> I'm not a Division one basketball player. No, I know. From Rutgers or Ohio State or any of those other places. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Rich on 1700. The Champ, real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here at the Alpha Lounge. Brett Rich, Dave Creighton Jr. here. Distillery Foundry. Foundry Distillery. Distillery Foundry. Yeah, whatever. Hey, we're not having any more Distillery Foundry. We won't have a show. On cell phones since our Comrex unit decided to crap out on us here a little bit ago. Sound a little funny. Don't leave us. We're here. You can join us uh, for the next hour or so here. And uh, hour, we're gonna be here another hour. Yeah. Well, I got a drink in front of me. What do you got? Oh, I thought you meant on the air. Oh no, we only got like eighteen minutes. Right. Uh, Want to make sure we thank our sponsors, including our friends over at AMPM Plumbing. You know what they do, David? They do plumbing. Do they really? They do a lot of plumbing, and I think that they've been busy here lately with these uh, cold, cold temperatures, frozen pipes. I got it ready for the spring. I know you do, too. Call AMPM Plumbing for your plumbing needs. And, of course, our friends at uh, REMAX, uh, Concepts, Doug Stonehawker at DSMRealEstate.com. The home team of the week last week, we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I believe both you and I hit that. We did. That was a very win. Nice win. I should also mention, I won three out of the four quarters in the pool. Of course you did. And the squares? I never do. I always lose at your. I won one I never. square down in Kansas City. Did you? I got I got uh, my money back. They, they hit that nine one, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's the funkiest number, and I've got it. Anyway, that was kind of cool. Um, you have a home team for this week. It's hard to do with college basketball. Really. I would say I were resting, but aren't they on COVID pause? They're on the COVID. They're on the COVID pause. That leads us into that. So usually the uh, Stonehawker uh, real estate. Um, 
uh, home team of the week, we usually give you a team. I can't I can even give you, you Jeff Gordon of the Daytona 500 because I don't think he's running. Here's here's my uh, advertisement for him. He does a lot of things uh, for his customers, and I'll tell you this, uh, coming up on the 21st, if you are a current customer of Doug Stonehocker, or you've sold a house with him in uh, the past few years, uh, you are invited to a uh, free movie showing out at the Palms uh, in uh, Waukee next Saturday. So, That's nice. Uh, yes, he does things like that. They do a pumpkin patch day usually, and always a day at Adventureland uh, all year. So another reason to go home and the house, list your house through Doug Stonehocker. My, st- get to, my get Stonehocker get home, home team of the week is the Palms Movie Theater. So that'll Are they watching Goodfellas? But uh, get out there. <laughs> no, I don't think they're doing that. DSMRealEstate.com. Check them out. DSMRealEstate.com. And of course, our friends here at Foundry Distilling and over at G Migs will be there next week because we're going to want to watch the game, right? No question. We'll be there next Thursday. Bruce is feeling better, also suffering a little bit from the COVID. And uh, the lovely and talented and her friend Renee are currently there. That's where, that's where I had a bit of a pregame. Oh, I was going to say, are we going over there after this? We very well might. I got to wait for a little while for uh, Tammy to come pick me up. So. And the uh, thing to work. <laughs> there you go. That too. Uh, so for, on the wrestling side, let's finish that up. Yeah, they're in the pause. They did uh, have two. Uh, it was a triangular. Uh, they beat uh, number 18, Purdue, 31 to 18, and uh, number 11, Ohio State, 33 to 14. Not wrestling all their regulars. I think the COVID might have been starting to strike at that point in time. Uh, we did get uh, Spencer Lee with two pins, of course. Shocker. I think he's been on the mat for like seven minutes this year. No, I think at least nine. Something like that. Uh, but uh, uh, Ironman came back with two pins as well. I mean, he's just destroying people. And Tony Cassidy, I'll be Gabe Stevenson up there in Minnesota uh, two weeks ago. His third straight pin, as he destroyed both guys in, in, in there. And uh, Iowa came away without having to wrestle everybody. Uh, obviously, we didn't see Alex Marinelli. Uh, we've seen a number of guys who've gone out and are wrestling a, a bunch of youngsters. They didn't even wrestle Spencer Lee uh, in the first match. Or first meet. Um, Alex Cashman. He got beat. And uh, they still went on, was, went on to win. So, anyway, let's hope they get this out. Is Connor Corbin still on the wrestling team? I don't think he is. Okay. I don't know. No, you graduated. No, I ask Andrew about that. No, you should. No, this should be year number four. Oh. So we'll see. Um, anyway, let's hope they get this all out of their system because, honestly, this is a generational team for them. I mean, they're they're going to be favored to win. They're going to be favored as all Americans at every weight class. That's top ten, and they're, you're seriously looking at at winning probably four or five number one seats. Yeah, right. probably. I mean, if if Ironman can get to a one, uh, yeah, very likely. <laughs> Obviously, Santos. No, nah, Santos won't be one. The two? Yeah. But he could win it. Sure. Right. Ironman could win it. Yes. Right. Marinelli could win it. Of course. Right. It'll be a one. Emmer. Oh, he'll right. be a one. He'll be a one. Cassiope's going to have a tough time. Now, no, he'll, he'll be a three. And, and, heavyweights uh, ahead of him. Who's the dude at one? 190. Uh, Warner? Warner. He'll be a two or three. There is. I mean, and Murin's going to be, what, three? Yeah. So, maybe. No, he might be five or six in the national. You know, but uh, but this is going to be, it'll be fun if they're allowed to, to get there and get it done. Well, so, the, you know, the, take the pause, do what you got to do. Right? right. I mean, if you got to take two weeks off, now's the time to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fresh legs come March. Right. Come back Big Ten. Right. 
Women's basketball, Iowa, last week while we were on the air. Lost. What is an anomaly that basketball team is? Well, they are. So they lost to number 15, Ohio State, 87-82. Uh, just as we were getting off the air last Thursday, number 17, Indiana, came in. Iowa had them tied in the fourth quarter, lost 85-72. Uh, Caitlin Clark with 30 in both games. Uh, ninth straight week of being the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Of the uh, week. When will she be the Big Ten Freshman of the Year, like, you know, for the year. For the year, maybe. Uh, she did make the Naismith Trophy Award list for the Miss. Oh, team. they they added they, her. They put her on. Yep. So that I mean that makes only. What, makes exactly, sense. what about the Nancy Lieberman? Since we're on our phones, we can't look it up. They're playing right. Oh, I guess Nebraska. No idea. They're playing at home. Uh, right oh, no, 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 no. Seven p.m. tonight. They're playing after. Is Connie Yori still the Nebraska basketball coach? I really don't know. I try to pay attention as little as I can yeah, to Nebraska. He's from Ankeny. Okay. So at Nebraska, 7 p.m. tonight, I believe that's on BTN. Check it out. Iowa 10 and 6, 6 and 6 right now. Five of their six losses are to ranked teams. So just a little bracket. Oh, God. Okay. They're currently predicted in by the College Sports uh, Madness. They're Joe Nardi has got the Iowa and, uh, women as an 11th seed. Max Cream. Remember, is it Max Cream? I <laughs> can't believe that's just getting. He had Iowa as an eight seed. That's like ten days ago. They have oh, problem. so they play so the eight eight nine game and then they play UConn. Right. Uh, well, seven game, seven seed and eight seed. That's kind of tough. But what is it that well, if they got in? What that was? Is that twelve out of thirteen? Oh, years? something like that. I think Lisa's mean, only missed one year. It's as far as I can right? remember. And that's with a bunch of youngsters on this team, right? So. They're playing only. I think if they still go on in five hundred in the Big Ten, they'll get there. Yeah. Just so you know, uh, we can't hear the music very well, so a two-minute warning from a text might not be a bad idea. Signaling back to the station. Football news. Football news. And now for the news. Now for the news. Yeah. So Tim Polasek, Iowa's offensive line coach. I've been over at uh, North Dakota, came to Iowa, did a great job the last couple of years. He's going North Dakota to join, State. North Dakota State. He's going to join uh, Craig Bull at Wyoming, uh, reuniting with him at Wyoming as their offensive coordinator. A move up for him. Chris uh, Doyle's a new strength and conditioning coach, or whatever Urban Meyer is calling it, in Jacksonville. Which is very interesting. I'm more concerned about who Iowa is losing at this point. Just saying. Uh, Derek Foster officially is a running backs coach. And the other thing that was interesting this week is, unfortunately, Mark Kalberger, yeah. offensive lineman, decided, eh, I'm done. Four years is enough, and I'm done. He's retiring from football. I'm guessing he has something nagging that he doesn't want to work that hard on. Maybe. Yeah. It's too bad, because he would have started a bunch next year. And, and a, a next man in. I guess so. But uh, that's that's big news as well. Yeah, guys moving around. But the Bullock thing is interesting in a lot of ways. And Foster, let's face it, he's going to... Uh, getting this running back class, and including Tyler Goodson, uh, to be there. Um, we'll see what I, Iowa does. Number of guys out there, number of great names you could pull in who are former alumni, but all kinds of other Ronnie guys. Hunter. I don't think he's one of them, but, but it'll <laughs> be interesting to see what Kirk does. I, I, I can't imagine somebody doesn't want to come close there, but it'll it'll be really really interesting to see what happens with them. Uh, as they're getting the maybe your boyfriend back. Nevada would like to just come and be the running back coach. No, no. Uh, there are some guys who are going to be head coaches in, in college that I would find. And I'll tell you this right now. 
Tony, right now. Fran's done a lot for this program, but you could talk me into doing the degrees tomorrow, right? But uh, yeah, that that ain't happening. I, I know, but you could talk me into it real quick, right? I watched them play last night for a while before our game. They're good. Well, they play defense too. I mean, they're hitting the grill the whole time. They are good. He plays real basketball. DeVries plays uh, McDermott basketball with better defense. It's terrific stuff to watch. It's terrific stuff to watch. So Iowa's remaining schedule. By the way, the Big Ten tournament is in the dome. In the dome at Lucas Oil Stadium. With I don't dozens know. of people there. Whatever. I don't quite get that. Bob Euchre is going to have a good seat in the dome. That's where it'll be. So Iowa's remaining schedule. Uh, Michigan State on the road this Saturday, Wisconsin on the road next Thursday, Penn State at home, at Ohio State, at Michigan. Seven-minute warning. And uh, then Wisconsin at home to finish the year, and maybe Nebraska at home if they can squeeze it in. So let's say we get on seven of them. Okay. Got Six and one. Good. I'm going four and three <laughs> and being optimistic at four and three. Four and three, which is optimistic, gives them an 18 and nine, 12 and six overall. So what is your foundry distilling last call? They go 18-9, 12-6 overall. They're a fifth seed in the Big Ten tournament. They play Purdue in the first in, uh, or the first day. They will play lower the, the 12, the 12. Season, right? They'll beat that team, which is like Northwestern and Nebraska. So they'll get themselves to 19-9, and then they'll lose to Purdue in the second round. Oh, on come on. And th- so this team goes 19-10. and 10. You are you are. This team goes 19 and 10. You're asking me my last call. They're going 19 and 10. Wow. And that gets them a five seed in the NCAA tournament. And okay. that's a fortunate five seed because normally 19 and 9 or 19 and 10 would get you a seven. All right. So the, the Hawks are going to win at the Breslin Center this weekend. Uh, that's part of my four. And then we have Wisconsin, what, next Thursday during our show? At Wisconsin. That's going to be a very, very tough game. Jordan Bohannon had a tremendous shot a few years ago uh, at Wisconsin win the game. I was super dumb watching the game. One and one. We'll see what's going on after that. I agree. One and one, and that's why I go to four and three. Four and three. That's going to give me a lose. All right. Join us next week. Hopefully, we'll have some good We'll be back here and join you on the hunt.